Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Geek Wave. This is the low-budget show. It's the show so low it has no budget. But, you know, Disney bought us a couple decades ago, and they're still trying to figure out what to do with us, which is the case that keeps happening for the property we're going to talk about today. And it brings me no joy to say it. This is the topic of Are the Muppets Still Relevant? Which is weird to say. It's weird for me to say because I think they are. But we'll get into it. We'll get into it, you know? Actually, episode over. There you go. 30 seconds. We're done. They are still relevant. But no, that's not what we're here to talk about fully. There's other news to talk about. Some stuff very important happening in the entertainment industry, in the movie industry at large. And then we're going to spend some time with the Muppets, which is what I like to do anyways. I'm still trying to find a place where I can buy a Muppet of myself. That's like a dream. That's one of those achievable dreams. You know how you have like, I want to be this level of successful. I want to have like this type of house. I want to own a puppet of myself and I want to host a really nice Oscar party. <laughs> Two things I haven't been able to do yet. Why are we talking about those? I don't know. We have a little bit of news, just some things happening, you know, uh, people turning against Spyglass, which I'm always uh, here for. But before that, we have some more Superman legacy casting news because the actor strike is over. We can now see the cast being rounded out for the main characters, I say loosely, for the show. We already know our Clark Kent. We know our Lois Lane. We know some of the superheroes that will be existing in this world at large, like a Mr. Terrific, like a you know Guy Gardner, a Hawk Girl, a Metamorpho. But now we have some more casting, and they're kind of interesting. So Maria Gabriela de Ferreira, or Feria, I should say, she has joined the cast as the Engineer, which is a character in The Authority, which does sound like we're going to be setting up The Authority a little bit in this movie. She's been identified as a villain for the piece, which does worry me. I think solely because there is also rumors about, like, there's a threat in the Middle East and Superman wants to get involved, but The Authority's involved in it. And I'm just kind of like, oh, do we want to do a Middle Eastern movie right now? Is that really what we should be doing? James, is that your idea? Is that your one idea? I don't know. I don't know. But hey, we have the engineer. I wouldn't be surprised if there's either like a surprise actor playing a big role in the authority in this movie or if this is the only authority character we'll see. But that's kind of cool. She seems fun. She seems like she's going to have a good time. So I'm here for that. Sarah Sampaio. She has been cast as Eve Tessemacher, which is kind of fun. You know, a character from the original Donner movie. So that's cool. A legacy bringing itself over here into this movie. That's fun. I mean, I guess like doing Mercy is something that the previous movies did like the Snyder ones had a mercy in them. Maybe we'll work up to Mercy Graves or maybe Sarah's character is going to become Mercy at some point. I don't know. We could do both either way, but that does lead us to the casting of Lex Luthor, which is one I'm sure a lot of people were excited about because the previous installment was less than anything anybody ever wanted. So this time around, Lex Luthor will be portrayed by Nicholas Holt 
who is a very good choice. He's a guy that has always been surrounding the bubble for a lot of these roles, and he's a guy that is really good when you put him in a situation where he gets to act insane. I look at Renfield. I look at Nux in the Mad Max movies. He is really good at being a crazy son of a gun. Son of a James gun, if you will. No, that's stupid. I'm sorry I said that. But no, it's a great choice. I do like him for this. He's always been that guy that's been like in talks to be the Batman, in talks to be Superman. So sure, having him circle the drain for this one, it works really well. He's a, he, he looks the part this way. We know he can do bald well. He also seems like a guy that's like mad at the world for no reason just because he's like not Superman. <laughs> so I, I appreciate that so much. I think that's great. He's a guy I like a lot. I've always been like hoping Holt finds like that big step for him. I say that even though he's had like a hit series on Amazon for like three seasons and he just had The Menu, which was like a well-regarded movie everybody liked him in. I say that all loosely because he's very talented and we, and we enjoy him as an actor. So that's really fun. We have another piece of casting for this movie too, which is kind of fun. Skylar Gisondo. He's he's one of those guys that you've seen probably appear in like memes, just being like, who is this dude? Why does he look like this? Look at this dude. He's going to be Jimmy Olsen. You look just at a picture of this guy and he's Jimmy Olsen, <laughs> you know? He's got that look about him. He's also older than I thought he was. He's like 27, but dude looks like a little goofball and that, and that makes him like more contemporary age for like our Clark and Lois. So I do appreciate that. He is perfect for this. Just strange looking guy who just feels like somebody who is Jimmy Olsen. That's pretty cool. I respect that a lot. I think that's a fun idea. And I, I'm, I'm curious to see what his role is going to be. I hope they spin off Jimmy. I, I have always been a fan of Jimmy Olsen. I love that character. I love when we do stuff with him that's fun be cool if they spun him off into something i doubt they will he might just be supporting still no like perry white or cat grant or steve lombard or any of those people but i think we'll get some of them i wouldn't be surprised if we had like you know michael rooker potentially play one of them i think the rumor was he might be sam lane which also makes a lot of sense but uh, maybe i want someone with a little more gravitas for sam uh, rooker has it but I, I think we could do like a bibbo babowski with him that would be more fun i don't know it's a good cast god has a good cast here and they hired a casting director for all of like the dc universe films uh see if i can find the director they worked on um they worked on other stuff too okay is this is no this doesn't seem like the person that doesn't seem okay. I don't know if I can find it, but we have we do have a casting director who's like worked on a lot of big Nolan properties, so that's kind of exciting. You know, we're gonna have like actual talented people in here, and maybe that means we'll get Josh Hartnett appearing in a role, perhaps Aquaman or something. I just want Josh Hartnett to show up because I like Josh Hartnett. But that's not all the news we have, folks. A couple of things we do have to bring up, including this. Uh, the time this video comes out, it will be like a week, the week that the Bike Riders was originally supposed to premiere. This was the new Jeff Nichols film. It stars like Austin Butler, Tom Hardy, and Jodie Comer. But now it was removed from the 20th Century Studios, and they're no longer working on it. 
and they're not going to distribute it this year, and they're not going to distribute it next year either, which you're like, that's kind of silly. Why wouldn't they do that? I don't know. But now Focus Features has bought the distribution rights, so they're going to release it, which that seems so weird to me. Why wouldn't 20th Century release it? What like, what are you losing not doing that? Like that could be like your award contender if you left it coming out this year. I know people like couldn't promote it, but still, I feel like you could have done something if you just left it on the schedule this year. It's very strange that they're not doing it now. I don't understand why. You know, the reviews were like kind of positive. They they were kind of mixed at times, but largely positive. It's just kind of interesting they decided not to do that. I don't know. But that's going to be coming to theaters sometime next year from Focus Features, which probably means it's not going to have a wide as release as it would have through 20th Century and Disney. But, you know, they've been making bad decisions for a while now. I shouldn't be surprised by any of this, and I'm not. I'm not surprised by any of it. We have one more piece of news to talk about, and I don't know how in the weeds we want to get on this one, but I I do feel like I need to bring it up just because I do cover this stuff, and it is important to talk about things as they are happening in real time just because this industry is always in constant shock. Scream 7 is a movie that is, you know, being talked about largely for a lot of stuff. There's a lot of things about that. You know, the past couple of Scream movies essentially, like, revitalized the franchise. But now there's some controversy coming about it because the company that has been working on the Scream movies, Spyglass, they have decided to fire the lead actress, Melissa Barrera, because of her posts regarding the Israel-Hamas war, and that turned out to be the bad call for them. First off, yeah, yeah, it is. You, as a studio, you should not be allowed to fire someone based on their comments. I know that's like a, it's a very tricky situation. If there is good reason to fire someone, you should, but as much as I hate to say it because there have been people fired for tweets and comments. I I dislike who they are and the things they said. That is not a valid enough reason to fire somebody. This is even worse because it essentially shows you the politics for the worst part involved in Hollywood where they are, you know, do we want to get into this too much? You know, Melissa Barrera has spoken that she is pro-Palestine and she wants to support those people who are being killed and attacked in warfare and that it's essentially genocide. It is genocide, not essentially it is genocide. And she has spoken out about that and it just shows you that Hollywood's like, no, we, we, we support Israel and we're kind of on their side. And you're like, what are you talking about? That's kind of scary. So they fired her. She's so far been very vocal, but like, it's okay. I'd rather, you know, stand for my cause than give in to this. On the same side of that coin too, Susan Sarandon has been dropped by her Hollywood agency after speaking at a pro-Palestinian rally. And it it's kind of a dramatic thing to say, but I do think it's worth mentioning that the pro-Palestinian like 
ideology that a lot of these actors have coming out and said they're in support of, they're pro-Palestine, they're, you know, in support of the people of, you know, Gaza, and they want to help them and all that stuff, and it's very, very, like, slowly revealing to be kind of like a Red Scare thing again, you know, where it's like, if you voice your opinion on this topic, and you are pro-Palestine, and you are against the genocide of a certain group of people, that comes across as you stand up the wrong side of history and Hollywood's going to, you know, get rid of you. Susan Sarandon, Melissa Barrera, you know, just two extreme examples of that. I believe it was Tom Cruise's agent or somebody he's worked with in his agency that was about to get ousted from her company and he had to step in and stop them from firing her. So you're like showing your support for a attacked people is now bad in Hollywood. So Spyglass fired Melissa from Scream 7. They're like, okay, we're not going to work with her. And then it's like a day or two later that it's Jenna Ortega, who is the other lead of the Scream 7 movies. She is like, oh, I'm not going to return to that due to scheduling issues with Wednesday even though Wednesday hasn't started filming and they haven't wrote anything for Scream 7 yet she is clearly coming out in support of Melissa Barrera and you have to respect her for that I mean here's the thing and you can read all the tweets about this and every and everything going on the Scream generation like the Gen Z Scream generation that likes these new movies likes these actors and is also very pro-Palestine like they are there's there's there is just this generation that likes these movies is not going to put up with the bullshit of these people telling you to believe in something this is a radical generation that knows how to feel knows how to think for themselves and they're not going to give in to the bullshit of the older hollywood system telling them that israel is you know right and that kind of stuff so yeah like when you have a generation that is pro-palestine wants to see a free palestine and is against the efforts of the Israel people killing innocent lives, you know, they're not going to support you. This movie is doomed to fail. The director, the director Christopher Landon, had some stupid comments to say, you're a grown-ass man, dude. Man the fuck up or don't say anything. Stop whining. I didn't know how to do this. Everything sucks. Like, shut the fuck up, Chris. Grow up a little. My God, dude. Ugh. Look, there are there are multiple reports you can read that talk about this stuff more in depth than I do. And just know that I, I will stand up Melissa and Susan and Jenna. Like, do not give in to this bullshit. You know, it's terrifying to say that. And you're, you're seeing where Hollywood kind of lies in all this stuff and where the, the uh, top people stand with it. So Spyglass kind of shot themselves in the leg here. I'm not going to imagine they're going to succeed. Uh, this kind of feels like they're going to fall apart, which is fine. No one's going to go see Scream 7 if it means that they're firing people for speaking their mind, you know, and speaking the truth even. Crazy. It's crazy. So that's there's some deadly stuff happening in there, and it kind of makes you worry that if anybody speaks up for something like this, there's a chance that they could lose their job and their career, which is very very terrifying and it brings you back to a scarier era of creation and artistry in hollywood where if you vocal vocal your opinions on 
anything McCarthyism and, you know, communism and the Red Scare, and suddenly you could no longer work. And that's terrifying to see. But I, I have no doubt that Melissa will land back on her feet and find something new. Of course she will. She's a talented young actress. She'll make it work. She'll make it work. And Scream 7 probably won't. And Nev Campbell, look, if Nev Campbell comes back, I understand that. They're going to probably pay her more. If she was willing to not come back, we should support that. But we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. Until then, this story is still actively ongoing, so it could change at a moment's notice. Everything could become different. We'll have to wait and see. That's all I want to talk about for that. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into the actual topic of the show. So the reason we're doing this episode is because the news came out a couple days ago that the new TV series on Disney Plus, Muppets Mayhem, has been canceled after one season, which also has killed the planned Muppet shared universe where we were going to see spinoffs and shows based on separate characters. When that show ended, I covered it on the channel. It's one of my favorite shows to come out this year. I thought it was like a genuinely good effort to revitalize the brand. I kind of pitched like spinoffs you could do with other characters, things you could do for fun. Well, I guess like they had their ideas of their own on things to do. Think of the bear parodies you could do with the Swedish chef, you know? That'd be fun. I don't know, maybe Madman with Gonzo. I don't know. You could have done something with these characters. But Muppets Mayhem, I, I guess, was not successful enough to see that happen. I understand that. It's very interesting to kind of see where the Muppets are in terms of, like, the 2010 era. I don't think they're, like, an unknown property to anybody. Like, I, I think if you were to, like, show a young person Kermit the Frog or Miss Piggy, they'd know who that is. I just don't know why it's so hard to market this for, like, today's audiences. Because there is something very universal about these characters. Like, you can put them in any, like, era and it feels like they work. I think the problem is we lean a little too hard into, like, specific eras for the Muppets. You know? This new show, Muppets Mayhem, I genuinely liked it i thought like this is exactly the revitalization we need we can spend time with these niche characters we can have musical guests show up we can have peter jackson show up and we can do specific jokes and have like you know a musical number in each episode that seemed like it could work because people like really responded to like a documentary show for your favorite musician if we do like a parody of that with the electric mayhem that seems like it should have worked you know even if you're not, like, somebody who actively follows the Electric Mayhem, they're not, like, your Muppet characters. You like a musical, like, documentary, so doing a parody version of that, I don't know, I feel like that should have worked. That should have been a slam dunk. To me, it works more than their their previous attempt, which you might have forgotten about, which was, like, the previous thing they did on Disney. Are you aware of Muppets now? <laughs> Muppets Now was probably, I think, the worst thing 
the Muppets did in today's climate. This was six episodes to Disney+. Plus. It came out in 2020. It was a while ago, and it was more like trying to capture like the vignette snapshot era of like a TikTok where it's viral clips. We can have like a celebrity interview thing or like Beaker and Bunsen can do like an experiment and then we could just like forget about it, <laughs> you know? It was really bad and I don't think it was interesting and it didn't feel like they had like a perfect vision in mind. It's just like, hey, what if we tried to like copy like a successful YouTube skit? And have the Muppets in there. And that didn't work either. So I wonder if like there is a failing to doing like Muppet stuff today. They did like Zoom calls too. And you're like, that's fucking stupid. Why would the Muppets need Zoom? They're not real. They're puppets. It's very strange. You know, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And they did like the Haunted Mansion special, which was fine. And before that was like the twenty eight, the twenty fifteen actually the twenty fifteen ABC show, which I I vouch worked really well, and I I think there's just been like a lack of awareness of like what to do to make this work, and I think the the biggest thing that has affected the Muppets that has like really made them this like non successful like franchise at the moment was how we target the characters, and that's like. A really weird strange thing to say because you know they're successful but they're not like successful successful they're aimed for too broad a demographic or even a too old of a demographic I really like the ABC show I've talked about this before I think that is what you should have done because at that moment in time the Muppets were for the older audience we didn't have a streaming service. We didn't have like the back catalog of like the Muppet show to watch on Disney Plus. So taking those characters who had like two successful films before it and having them do like a Miss Piggy's like a talk show host and we're doing like a behind the scenes thing. That works for that era because that was very popular at the time doing like the mockumentary thing and have the Muppets parody that worked well. It's a smart idea. The numbers weren't there for that show to continue. I liked it a lot. I think a lot of the ideas were funny. And because you're doing the mockumentary thing, you can kind of like have it grow up a bit. You can have the age be for a more adult, young adult audience. When in reality, the Muppets work better when they're aimed for a younger demographic. I don't know. I, I feel like that original show was just, like, the more mature and silly extreme, like, this is a humorous version of the thing Jim Henson has done before. When you have Sesame Street, it's aimed for toddlers and young people to get them to learn something. Fraggle Rock was just kind of like the silly friend in the back of the car who's not really paying attention to anything going on. And then the Muppets was just like, what if we had the biggest comedian of the era make a joke about this thing and all blah, 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 blah. And I think like that worked well because you, you could just like have simpler jokes and you could just have fun people show up and young people just accepted that because they knew all these things and there wasn't like this, you know, cavalcade of other stuff for you to watch. It was just so simple back then. And the simplicity is what made it work. We weren't overthinking it and it's dumb. When you're trying to have the Muppets compete with like a YouTube thing, so they're doing like a YouTube video and Muppets now... Kids can just watch YouTube, but if you want to give them something genuinely interesting, 
It's the Muppet Show. Kids still like the Muppet Show. And it's very hard to see that, like, they're not getting that back. I don't know how good the Muppet Show, like, reruns and episodes are doing on Disney+. Plus. I'd imagine they're doing good for, like, the vocal group that watch them religiously. It should be like a Simpsons for them, where you have, like, a very specific amount that keeps going back to watch that. I know I've done my watch through a couple years back when they put it up, but I haven't gone back and watched it since. I probably should. There's just too much other stuff for me to watch to really go back into the Muppets, but it's still there for you to get all the, the backstory and get all the characters and the fun from it. And you watch that, there's just so much more easy energy to it. We're not trying as hard as we are. And maybe that's just like the problem with being based in a society where everything is everywhere all at once. There's just so much stuff going on all the time. You can't stand out anymore. You can't find like your footing anymore. You have to try these new things. The most successful, I think the Muppets have been in, the, in this modern era were the Jason Siegel movies. Cause he was a guy who loved the show. He was very passionate. This was very much like his blank check to create something that he was interested in. He's like, I wanted to do this. I now have clout from my show. I have a check that I'm going to let ABC cash and maybe I can make a movie over there for Disney and boom, we made a Muppets movie and it worked well. And the problem with that show is that that entire movie is basically the premise of you aren't relevant anymore. And they knew that in the show. They made that in like the key to that movie was the Muppets aren't relevant. They're trying to strive for relevancy. And maybe that was to the detriment of them ever being relevant again, was when we brought them back into prominence, it was to say that you used to be something special and now you can never capture that again. And that movie is the closest they've come to relevancy, to being like mainstream. They have an Oscar winning song in that movie and they never really like managed to bounce back from that, which is kind of a shame. So I don't know. It's it's a really complicated scenario to say this because like are the Muppets still relevant I think they are solely because you can make them relevant if you just did the show again and you had like the main characters show up that you love and maybe like the lack of Jim Henson does affect it but I don't know I feel like you take the stars of today you can even get your viral TikTok stars you can get your famous characters or actors or whatever to show up and be on the Muppet show, you could make it relevant. The problem is there has just been so many like poor choices made in that time that have stopped them from really finding that footing since that first movie came out where it's like, okay, you guys aren't relevant. You're actually going to have to put the old show back together. And in, in the movie, when they put the Muppet show back together, the audience returns to them. And sure. It's just like a commentary of like, yeah, people want the old stuff again. But maybe that's what actually would happen if we just did the Muppet show again. People would respond to that. And then we did a sequel where there's like an evil Kermit and like it became like a meme and Kermit himself became like a huge meme. And that definitely affected how people view the character and how he behaves and stuff. But I don't know. I feel like if we didn't have those happen, which were just like meta commentaries on the relevancy of the Muppets, we wouldn't be in this situation maybe they would just become like a nostalgic trip and they wouldn't be relevant but the fact that they had those movies that talked about it does make me think there was some relevancy to them and then it's just an abc show 
that should give them prominence. It didn't work. They struggled to find their footing for a while. They guest hosted ABC shows. Kermit was on The Masked Singer recently for some godforsaken reason. There was like the relaunch of the Muppet Babies cartoon, which again, I don't think the Muppet Babies relaunch actually like benefited them because it's not like talked about as much, you know? They introduced that new Muppet, like Summer the Penguin, and she didn't do anything. It, it's like, yeah, that seems to work for the brand, but that's also explicitly aimed to the younger audience of children, of little kids. And that's not going to be for everybody. And, and the appeal of the Muppets was your parents could watch it and they could laugh at the jokes you don't get. But it's also silly and slapstick, so you as a kid could enjoy it too. When it's the Muppet Babies in this era of 2018, that's aimed explicitly for kids, it's not going to work. When it's the ABC show from 2015, it's aimed explicitly for adults, that's not going to work. You have to find the right balance. And the same thing is with Muppets now, that's not the right balance. That's for nobody. No kid wants to watch, you know, Kermit the Frog or Miss Piggy do like a Hot Ones kind of parody. Because that's not really fun. Nobody wants to see them get on Zoom with Linda Cardellini, because that's not fun either. They can just go on YouTube and watch those things. And then when it comes to Muppets Mayhem, it is the closest we got to finding that perfect balance. But then you have to wonder, is it because it's the Electric Mayhem that nobody was watching? If we did that kind of a show, changed it a bit where it's like Kermit and Piggy and Gonzo and Fozzie living in the house together and then the Muppets are kind of supporting characters would that work too I don't know maybe it's I I do think a part of like why they're not as prominent as they should be is Disney plus just doesn't want to push them they'll sometimes have like here's the Muppet category it's there if you want to find it but we're not going to actively tell you to watch these things you know Disney is really bad at marketing all their stuff. It's something they've always been terrible at doing with this platform is getting people in the seats, getting people to watch stuff. They could never find a way to do that right. And maybe it just falls to the wayside because of that. But at the same time, I don't think a shared universe where all the characters get their spinoff shows is the way to go. I think the best way to fix the Muppet problem, to genuinely do something right by the Muppets, to get them right for today's audiences, for kids and everybody of all ages, is to do a Muppet show reboot, is to actually get like the stage together. We can see some of the behind-the-scenes antics. You have guest stars of today show up. That is how you fix them and make them relevant again. Personally, because I'm so invested in the characters and the world and I look at all the collectibles that come out for them. I know the world. They're still relevant to me. I'm a different person, though. I know a lot of contemporaries of mine who don't like the Muppets, who don't like puppetry or this art form. And maybe that's just another thing that affects what these kids feel about this stuff, is that this is an art form and a way of telling stories and communicating that doesn't really work for this generation. When you grow up techno technologically based... You have access to everything on the internet. Are you more fascinated about like the computer-generated graphics, a cartoon thing, an AI-based thing, than you are with puppetry, with stop-motion and that kind of stuff? I love all those old animations. I'm very excited for Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. I'm very excited to see that. Like, I'm not excited to see that Ardman's running out of clay, but I think it's very interesting that they're still being able to make stuff. And maybe that's just like... You is it too specific a like nicheness that it's not going to appeal to everybody? I say that, but the Muppet Show was very successful back in the day, 
and people are well-versed in these characters. I wonder what the problem is. I really do. I think it's just like they've made too many mistakes in missing the beat of what people want to see from the Muppets. When What people really want to see, which is what the original show got, what Jim Henson got, and what the Seagull reboot got, is they want to see the old stuff. We don't want to see Kermit on his iPhone, you know, texting Miss Piggy or whatever. That's not really what these characters are about. There's like a timelessness to it. And this is the kind of thing you see with your animated sitcom. Somebody who has watched every episode of The Simpsons and Family Guy. You have seen those shows evolve from being based in the era where there isn't this dependency on the internet and technology to where these episodes now reference Amazon and Facebook and those kind of things. And everyone's got like an iPad and a cell phone. And that takes away from some of like just like the creative comedy that can come from that. And the Muppets could kind of do the same thing. Which, that is what Muppets Mayhem was doing, was showing you, like, the electric mayhem or she, like, stuck in that past. And we see that Lily Singh's character is trying to get them into the present day. It's not effectively working for them all the time, but that's what she was doing. And it's a shame that that never actually got to work out for them, because there could have been something there to explore. You know, like, if we had them actually, like, hey... We're part of the time, so it doesn't work for us. People want the old stuff. Maybe that'd be better than opposed to, doop-de-derp, we have to get, you know, Zoot on a phone? Zoot on a phone? How's that going to work? Lips was the only one that, like, knew how to use technology, which is pretty funny. But I think that's the problem with it, too, is just doing too many modern things, it takes away from, like, what made the original stories creative was just, like, their use of character and intimacy and that kind of stuff. And that kind of destroys it in the present day. I, I still think there's a huge audience for the Muppets. They're more popular than other things out there. The problem is we, we just we don't know how to sell it, which is very strange to think about. Like, do we just give in to the demand? Do we just give people what they want? What do they want? What does this audience want? The hardcore fans, the old fans want the old stuff, which does work for that. Young fans clearly don't want Muppets now. They clearly don't want to watch that stuff. So what's the healthy balance? Is there one to fix it? Or are they supposed to be a forgotten relic? I think you could do timely stuff with them. Even if you made fun of like the modern use of technology, which is kind of what the 2011 movie did, you could do something interesting there. But somehow they're still trapped in this era that doesn't really work for them. It's very confusing. It's very conflicting. I wish they could do more. I really do. But I... I don't know. Maybe now we're seeing that this is a property that should be left in the past. And because Disney owns it and they're not really like pushing this type of content on their platform anymore, even though the latest project did come out this year, I think we're going to see a lapse in Muppet stuff for a while or they're going to drastically shift into a new direction. Say they did a variety show that premiered on like the ABC network and it was like live to Disney Plus the same day. That might actually be the direction to go. Maybe that's what the show needs, is that kind of energy, that kind of push. Maybe they need to do another theatrical movie. They haven't done one since 2014. When was Muppets Most Wanted? I feel like that was the last one. 2014. Yeah, they haven't done a theatrical movie since then. They've done specials on the platform for Disney+, Plus, but I don't think that works anymore. Maybe the Muppets aren't good for streaming, which is 
strange, but maybe this used to be like, you have to tune in to enjoy it. You have to go to the cinema to enjoy it. You have to be a part of that world. Because kids would go see a movie with the Muppets in it. I'd imagine. I think like if you relaunched it now, kids would be interested to see what that is. I, I do. I do think that. But it's not doing like the TikTok thing. It's not doing like the hard adult thing where Kermit's got a new sexy girlfriend. Uh-oh, that's not it. That's not what audience wants. They want to be stuck with the characters they know and they want them to be there forever. And that could be a problem. But with the Muppets, maybe that's the key to their success is never changing. I mean, they're essentially still doing like the same like like show at Disney World right like the dis like the muppets lab disneyland thing they're still doing that it's essentially the same story maybe that's what they need to do or maybe do fucking like crossovers of other stuff i talked about this when we talked about muppets mayhem to make them more relevant again maybe what you have to do is do like a star wars parody is do a you know mcu parody is make fun of these properties that disney has and have them show up with it like if we put like one of them in like the ralph breaks the internet Maybe that's the key to it. If not, I don't know. Maybe they're just lost to time. But to answer the question I kind of posed with this video, just because I, I'm always fascinated by it, are the Muppets still relevant? To me, they are. To me, I still quote them. I still talk about them. I still love them. Like I always, I think about them at least once a day. I talk about them in a lot of my day-to-day -day life. But maybe to a larger audience, they aren't relevant because they're, they've looked too desperate trying to be relevant again. Maybe the problem is they're trying too hard to be relevant. And that's off-putting to people because the Muppets should be about people that don't really care about how they look or what they do. They're not good at everything. So when they try to do the online content, it doesn't look good for them. That could be the case for the Muppets too. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if that's it. But the, the hardcore fans, the, the supporters through thick and thin... We still love the show. We still love the characters. We're here for whatever interpretation that they may take. But sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to see these characters that you love so much never make it back into the public consciousness the way they have. Has the public forgotten about them? They had a very hit movie. The 2011 movie was a hit. People did like it. And I wonder if it's because they kind of like kickstarted that. Do the old stuff so people like it. Like franchise that suddenly it becomes irrelevant i don't know i think we'll have to talk about these movies sooner than later because i think there is something to explore in them but this was a quick one i just needed to get my thoughts out there on this are the muppets relevant i don't know i don't know to me yeah but to the world maybe not maybe we just should do the muppet show again and if that's gonna work is it or are they just a relic now can we make them work or do we just need like kermit to like guest host america's got talent or something maybe that's where they live you know maybe that's where they need to live what do you think are the muppets relevant what is their best outing in the past couple of years to me it's the movies i think they've gotten worse but then mayhem was better than muppets now but i don't know maybe i'm different this is a short one, but I, I, I just had to get it out there. So thank you all for watching this review. Be sure to like and subscribe to the channel. As always, you can check me out on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And of course, I will catch you in the next one. Have fun. Stay safe. Good luck.